This is indeed Brock Telluride Inside and Out. Today, talking once again with Dr. Alan Safty, a world-renowned internist and gastroenterologist with encyclopedic knowledge of mind-body wellness and preventative medicine. This week, Dr. Allen, a regular contributor to Telluride Inside and Out, is talking about statins, cardiovascular disease, and beyond. And as a footnote, this winter and again this summer in Telluride, Dr. Allen will once again lead wellness retreats using an evidence-based scientific approach to health and longevity. For more information on those retreats, go to telluridelongevityinstitute.org or call 1-877-448-5416. Dr. Allen, thanks again for joining me. Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate you having me. So let's start with the basics. What exactly are statins and what is their primary purpose? Well, they've been around for quite a while, um, since the late 1980s, if I remember correctly. So they're not new. Um, we use these drugs for people that have that are at risk or have high cholesterol. So they lower the production, the intrahepatic or cholesterol production in the liver. By doing that, your body needs cholesterol, your cells need cholesterol, your brain needs cholesterol, these neurons need cholesterol. So you go out and search the cholesterol, and some of the cholesterol you may even pull out of different plaques and arteries and other places. So what we're using this for is prevention, either primary or secondary. And when doctors say primary or secondary, primary prevention means you didn't have a cardiovascular event. Secondary, you already had one, and we're trying to prevent another one. So we use these to lower the lipids in the blood, these fatty, fluffy substances floating around in your blood. And we're using it for these intermediate-risk individuals or high-risk individuals um, that have a high 10-year risk to lower their cholesterol. So they are a primary form of prevention, but they're only a small fraction of what we do to prevent cardiovascular disease. Okay. So my next question is, how are doctors sure that statins are really safe and really beneficial? I understand they're a gold standard in the world of cardiovascular disease, but how do we know that they are really okay to use? Well, you're right. They are kind of a gold standard. They should be a part of our standard. So there's multiple things we should do to prevent cardiovascular disease, but some cardiologists say they're so ubiquitous that they even joke about putting it in your drinking water. Um, somewhat dangerous, somewhat absurd. Um, but we do have evidence, direct evidence, that we can lower the risk of cardiovascular disease um, by using this in the appropriate patient population. Uh, so we want to use it at the people at risk. So we have these risk calculators that you can even go online and you can search for your to see what your cardiovascular risk is. So you just type in risk calculators, and there's a variety of different organizations that have those. And they're going to be changing when we're using coronary artery calcium scores and other things in the future. But right now, you'll put in you know, your numbers that you have currently, and you'll be able to see are you at high risk, which would be a 10-year risk above 20% of a cardiovascular risk, or an intermediate risk, which is 75 to 20%. And or you know are you a risk for family history or do you have persistently elevated low density lipoprotein which is the bad cholesterol? If you want to remember which one's the bad, you know L. Just think of it stands for lousy. It stands for actually low density <laughs> lipoprotein. 
but just think L is the lousy one. And HDL, that's when we went high. So the H, think of it standing for high. One standing for lousy, because people can't remember which cholesterol is which. Um, so, you know, the lousy cholesterol, the low-density lipoproteins, we want lower. And so we're using it for those. So we do have evidence that they do work in the appropriate patient population. Mm-hmm. But are they safe? Um, you know, which was the other element of your question. There's mm-hmm. very few drugs that I can say are absolutely safe. I mean, we could kill ourselves with water if we drank too much. Uh, water intoxication can kill people. So they do have potential side effects, whether it be myopathy or effects on the muscles, whether it may have some effect on the brain, whether it may have some increase in diabetes. Yes, so you have to always weigh risk and benefits. And whenever you see your doctor say, you know, and they recommend something, okay, these are the benefits, but what are the risks? And how are we going to monitor for those risks? So you want you know understand the risk, but then monitor for the risk. Okay, thank you. Um, among those myths, um, or maybe not a myth, is that statins cause muscle pain and weakness. Is that so? Yeah, they can. I mean, in my experience, and you always want to ask your physicians about any recommendations we give you, but you know, about ten percent of patients may not be able to tolerate a statin very well. Sometimes lowering the dose will help. Sometimes switching to a different statin will help. Um, but, you know, about 80 to 90 percent will. Uh, you know, whether coenzyme Q10 really helps or not, there's some meta-analysis that may help slightly. But those are things to consider. There are some more serious complications of statins, uh, in regards to the muscle, rhabdomyolysis, which can cause renal failure. That's very rare, uh, but it's something to watch out for. So if you're having muscle pains, make sure you tell your primary care provider or your cardiologist um, that you're having these muscle pains. We would look for myopathy. The really serious ones um, related to statins is relatively rare. It would be about one out of every 2,000 patients. Um, you know, diabetes... We see with respect to diabetes about 10% increase in relative mm-hmm. risk while on statins. So they want to monitor your blood sugar, your hemoglobin A1C. And we always talk to, if we're putting you on statins anyway, we're going to talk about eight or 10 other things you should be doing besides just taking a statins. We're going to go over your diet and everything else. So, you know, the, these increase in diabetes, it's about a 10% increase. So, you might see about five new cases per 1,000 patients treated for five years. It's not a tremendous increase in risk, but it is a defined risk, and we know it's a defined risk, so we monitor for that. What about liver damage um, or cancer? Are, are, is there a cause and effect relationship between statins and those two challenges? Um, well, liver damage, you know, we used when we put people on statins, when they first came out, we monitored everybody's liver function tests routinely that were on statins. And we very rarely would see any significant elevation of liver function tests, um, you know, to the point that we routinely don't monitor it now. We get your routine blood work on a regular basis, which we're going to be getting anyway if you're on cholesterol therapy. Mm-hmm. In regards to cancer, it, it's fascinating. Statins may have... A paradoxical effect, a lot of cancers may occur from inflammation. Um, And there's some early studies, not enough for us to recommend these on a regular basis, but statins were associated with decreased cancer mortality in patients who were already taking them prior to their cancer diagnosis, not as a preventative measure. 
Uh, it doesn't. It merits further investigation, but no evidence that they increase cancer risk. So we're looking at lots of different diseases that statins may be beneficial for. So yes, they have risk, but there may be more benefits outside of just lowering your cholesterol and decreasing cardiovascular risk. Okay. Can natural remedies, or so-called natural remedies, lower high cholesterol without statins? Yeah. I mean, you know, when we're looking at cardiovascular disease, um, you know, your, your, your healthy tips, you know, for your heart, um, first of all, get up and move. You know, get that 22 minutes worth of exercise, your brisk walking, your yoga, your hiking, your biking, your tennis, all those things. Um, maintain a healthy weight. Absolutely can be beneficial for lowering the risk. Healthy diet. And uh, we've talked before about anthocyanins, the things in blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, and the nurse health studies had significant decrease in cardiovascular disease and people taking that in there in their diet. Um, make sure your blood pressure is well controlled. Um, you know, make sure you have a normal blood pressure. These may be just as important. And, you know, watch out for secondhand tobacco smoke. Uh, you know, nowadays, actually, we're seeing an increase in the vaping that's going on. I don't want that done around me. I don't want to inhale that. I don't want to inhale tobacco smoke. And see your doctor. Get assessed regularly. Talk to your doctor about all these different risk factors. So, do you have diabetes? You know, are you overweight? Are you exercising enough? Um, and then there's foods that can lower your cholesterol, things that have, you know, if you take in steel-cut oats, it's going to bind. The cholesterol has what's called an enteropathic circulation. So you make it in your liver. It's secreted from your liver. comes out your common bile duct into your intestines. It's reabsorbed way downstream, 20 feet downstream mm -hmm. back in your ileum. So if you can bind it with these fibers, these water-soluble fibers such as in oats and other things, you can stop that and actually lower cholesterol. So a very high-fiber diet, which we all should be eating for lots of reasons, including the microbiome, mm -hmm. these bacteria that live within us, may help lower the cholesterol. So I have my steel-cut oats in the morning. I have my blueberries with that also to help. I have my chia seeds and my ground flax, and it's all mixed together. And every single day of my life, almost when I'm not traveling, that's what I'm going to eat for breakfast. Um, so it will help lower my cholesterol, but it helps lots of other things, including the microbiome. And that's one of the fascinating things we're understanding is different bacteria in your lower gastrointestinal tract, if you have the wrong ones, can also increase potentially the risk for cardiovascular disease. And we can prevent that by sometimes having all these prebiotic fibers that we can consume within our diet. Thank you for that. Um, I mentioned in the introduction that we would be talking about non-cardio afflictions and statins. Non-cardio afflictions that have been parlayed in some way with statins, such as cancer, dementia, and kidney disease. Um, can they help there? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of things. You know, would I use them primarily right now? I think we need to see some more studies, but I can, you know, mention things that we're looking at right now. Uh, you know, a whole array of other diseases and conditions, COPD or chronic obstructive lung disease, um, you know, chronic kidney disease, uh, numerous types of cancer, potentially dementia. 
um, if we can decrease inflammation. And a lot of dementias, it didn't surprise me because a lot of dementias are vascular in nature. So if the blood vessels to your brain are getting clogged, we call that vascular dementia. And if they're getting clogged and your brain's not getting an adequate amount of blood supply, you are going to have some element of vascular dementia. But even Alzheimer's disease, looked at Parkinson's disease, um, some infectious disease, even erectile dysfunction, which has to do with the health of blood supply to these areas. So, you know, all those things, you know, it, it begged the question, should everybody be on statins? Obviously not. You know, in the preliminary stages when you're looking at things, things sometimes look more promising than they'll turn out. And I'm always skeptical unless mm-hmm. I see a bunch of studies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, statins were linked to fewer exacerbations of chronic obstructive lung disease. Um Chronic kidney disease mortality, Uh, you know, there's randomized clinical trials where statins were associated with decreased all-cause, you know, all causes of death in these patients. Um, So in those patients, it supported prescribing statins for people with chronic kidney disease. So, there, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we should continue to look. But, you know, there's potential harms, as we said before. You know, there's myopathy or the muscle, you know, can it hurt muscles, the diabetes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because there's potential harms and there's significant potential benefits, one has to always discuss risks and benefits with their doctors. But I think the benefits for a lot of patients far outweigh the risks. Thank you. This has been Susan Vibrock, Telluride Inside and Out, talking with Dr. Alan Softy. The subject has been statins. Thanks again for joining me. It was great. Thank you very much. You're welcome.